but it's also really exciting because yeah. there are that when these large companies really have they have the ability when they make decisions and if we can help guide them to make the right decisions that can have huge impacts yeah Welcome to Real People, Real Impact, the podcast where we talk to people in the ESG world that are actually doing things, not just talking about them. I'm your host, Kayuma Jan, also known as Q. Welcome to the Real People, Real Impact podcast. I got somebody special with me here today, which is Kelly Hirsch, who's the head of ESG at Van City. Uh, I've known you for, I, I guess, the better part of a year, uh, early days at ESG Analytics. You're actually one of our beta testers and uh, it's been cool to see you in the space, and I think you're a wealth of knowledge. So before I butcher your your intro, would love you to give an introduction to the audience, like who are you and you know what, what do you do? Yeah, for sure. Happy to. Um, yeah, so as you uh, already introduced me, I'm Kelly Hirsch. Um, so I'm head of ESG at uh, Van City uh, Investment Management. Um, and so, I mean... It's uh, actually, I always sort of joke there, uh, my physio, he, um, I also tell, I had this conversation with him, like, you can just say you're a physio. I have to do a whole five minute uh, spiel as to what my job actually entails. Um, but uh, so yeah, no, I look at, so basically I'm over, I oversee um, Vancey Investment Management's um, ESG strategy um, with our socially responsible investment funds. Um, and so that's a combination of looking at, you know, we, we aren't, we don't have sort of a focus on one, you know, just climate or just one area. We're really, you know, looking at a combination of environmental, social and governance uh, performance of companies, as well as and beyond, you know, uh, analyzing companies for that. We're also um, have a lot of engagement work You know, we're really looking to push companies um, to improve on their ESG performance um, and, you know, really become uh, leaders there. Um, so yeah, that's uh, kind of at a high level, um, what uh, sort of how how I'm in the ESG space. That's awesome. And I was actually talking to somebody earlier today, and we we're talking about Van City and how they are actually leaders in the engagement space. We'll get into that more in a bit because I'm really excited mm-hmm. to hear more of the things there because it's not everyone that's doing that. Um, but I know you started off as an ESG analyst, and I think before that you've been in Van City for a while. But how mm-hmm. how what's the difference between the head of ESG and and an ESG analyst, like where where do those roles differ? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, like being, um, you know, we're in a small team, so there is a lot of overlap and coverage. Sure. Um, definitely where, uh, so I had actually a lot of exposure to some of the work I'm doing now when I was in um, the ESG analyst roles. Um, but I guess really uh, some of the d- difference um, would be in the ESG anal- analyst role. Um, and I'm really glad I had, you know, I was in uh, varying analyst roles uh, there for about five years. And um, you really get to get into a lot of the like data and the details, you know, and really diving, you know, in depth um, and, you know, really becoming, you know, like expert in certain, um, you know, different areas and really that like cross um, collaboration between them. And, and so, and then, so the head of ESG role is more, um, there's a bit of that as well, um, but it's kind of looking at that big picture. Um, and being seeing how you know all the different thread you know work that we're doing, um, how it all aligns, and really setting also that straight you know setting, um, 
it's like setting our uh, strategy really in there and our focus yeah. areas, you know, and determining, you know, what is the important areas we really need to be, you know, looking at now, um, whether that be from like analyzing companies um, for, you know, particular risks that they may be facing. Um, I'm trying to think of like recent examples, um, you know, c- coming to that sort of final decision on something, because some of these things are not easy, you know, if we're looking at a company that has, you know, sort of has a business line, um, you know, that's exposed to, um, you know, that provides technology to an industry right. that, you know, we, you know, that has, like has, um, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, so like enabling, en- enabling an about. industry that might be into something that not, not as good as what the technology company is like the sort of the tertiary effects is that yeah, we're like at. Perfect, exactly thank you yeah. sorry i'm trying to yeah i was trying to yeah, there like no get into, without going into some of because some of the stuff we're looking at right now i can't you know we haven't come to a final uh, conclusion on so i can't um uh sort of go into too much detail there but it can be yeah looking at that sort of like where do they're like and then supply chain you know so especially when you're getting into supply chains like well what is the risk of this, how likely are they actually tied to a particular region? Because it gets complicated right. when you're looking it at is. big global companies. Like how how do you, you know, yeah. a lot of the companies we talk to and they don't necessarily understand. Right. Um, it's, a, it's a complicated web, like just supply chains in general as an example. So, I mean, a quick question because, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, you don't have the luxury of just being focused on, you know, we are a climate fund and so looking at just climate and not, not to dismiss that because obviously that's equally yeah. complicated, but you know, the world of SRI ESG it's, it's massive. Like it's it's huge. It touches everything, every facet of the business. Like so where do you start to like what's like the thirty thousand foot view in like the head of ESG role? Like from the perspective of like an investment management firm, like where where do you start drawing that strategy and the buckets of where to start to to look at? Because it's a big elephant, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, that, a million that's dollar a question. question. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's something I think about every day when I'm trying to, because there's so, I mean, there are so many pressing issues in the world, right? Between like yeah. some of the human right, I mean, the variety of human rights, you know, abuses that aren't necessarily, you know, that can touch supply chains and can touch them so differently and have, you know, sort of their, and so they require different strategies and different, you know, sort of how, how do you engage on those issues? Um, you know, if you're looking at in uh, XUAR and, you know, Xinjiang and some of, you know, the state sponsored forced labor is very different than yeah. some of this forced labor you might, you know, be addressing in um, like conflict minerals where that's coming more from a lack of, you know, a lack of regulations and a lack of that, you know, institutional structure. Um, and so it's sort of, it's, so that, I mean, that is actually human, human rights is something where that, that <laughs> is always going to be a focus for us. Um, yeah. I mean, until, I mean, I, I actually, I would hope one day for it not to be a focus because it's not a problem. Anymore. Right. But right. I'm also, I, I'm not, as much as I'm an idealist at heart, I also, I do recognize that um you know the world is a complicated place and these will probably be issues for a you know for a long time and we just have to keep chipping away and trying to make things better um with each uh, action but yeah so i'd say i mean actually right now it's something i am really trying to flesh out the what what are the important things i guess i look at sorry this is where i guess i look at um the i look at a combination of like you know how it impacts people Right. But also how it impacts the environment. So there's that kind right. of combination and the scale that you're looking at. Yeah. Um, 
And so that's and where like you said, you for, know, for big global companies, which are obviously the majority of the, the SRI funds mm -hmm. for, for, for consumers, it's, you know, and like they're behemoths, like they operate everywhere, anywhere, like across multiple industries, vertical lines. It's uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that that's exactly. And so it gets into but that's where it's like it. It's really and that's why actually I love this work. It's really difficult, but it's also really exciting. Because yeah. there are that when these large companies really have, they have the ability when they make decisions, and if we can help guide them to make the right decisions, that can have huge impacts, yeah. you know, across on the well-being of people and planet. And that's actually something, that's an idea I've actually been really right now, um, I mean, it's something I've always uh, been thinking about. But this really intertwining, and I think the pandemic has highlighted how tied human health and environmental health really are. Right. Um, and that like ecosystem, you know, we can't sort of look at them as two separate pieces. Yeah. That sort of, well, we can either do, you know, things, you know, good. It's either about like yeah, human it's, health. It's a, it's a symbiotic thing, right? David, so if the earth it, fails, we fail, right? So. It, Exactly. Like it's, I, I just look at, I mean, honestly, and not, not in a, but I, I look at us, you know, we often look at, let's say, you know, in biology or something, you would look at like the health of a population, you know, like a yeah. population of animals. Yeah. And like, we sort of try to pull ourselves and, and in those, in that you would look at what's the water supply, you know, like what, what's their water supply like, what's the food <laughs> right. supply like, what, what like chemical exposures do they potentially You're totally have? right. We don't, we don't do that for, well, we do do it for ourselves, but not, yeah. we, we don't, we don't approach it naturally in that same like manner you know what i mean on a day-to-day -day basis where like exactly. hey here's a scientific approach to <laughs> what we actually need exactly like and that's that's exactly yeah. it like where it's looking at and i really think that um that's something that the pandemic has really highlighted just how tied we really are and you have to like we we have to be looking at those like interconnections yeah. and where these pieces like end up you know so they, where they connect um i mean the like looking at climate change and the biodiversity crisis um that's something that's really i mean we're, we're going to see that play out in human impacts i mean it's yeah. not like ecosystems provide huge like the the economic value that we get out of ecosystems along with like people but that's how people can be Trying to think of the best yeah best way to say this um but yeah it's like when you protect ecosystems in the places that people live and we all live somewhere <laughs> like that's you know it's when we protect these places and you make them work for us and not yeah. against us that's where yeah. i really i think sometimes there's this sort of divide well it's either do good for the planet or do good for right. people right right and yeah. i just don't i mean i think agriculture is a great example of this sort of idea that we can dump all these chemical, like, you know, sort of, but on widespread scale, we yeah. can use these chemicals and all these additives. And then we're wondering why, you know, then we're developing, getting wheat, you know, like, uh, you know, weed, you know, weeds that are resistant, then we need more chemicals. And it, it's because we're exactly. working against nature and not with it. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, like one of the people that we had on the podcast recently was uh, Patrick Jani, we just released a podcast uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, she was talking about this, her focus is like on a consultant side trying to change behavior for sustainability right mm -hmm. and she's like you know if we try to make like sustainability the easy choice like the obvious choice 
right? Because it's not necessarily always the obvious choice today, but that's where as we start to do those things more and more, uh, if that's the default, then we can start to sort of push forward, right? Um, oh, but I want to I want to take a, a step back. So as you talk to you know different companies and they kind of kind of get filtered to come into your portfolios and stuff like that, one of the things that mm -hmm. I really took away from some of our first conversations was the engagement piece. And as mm -hmm. I've talked to more and more people in the space, like uh, Van City is like quite well known for the engagement now. And I think it's really interesting because not all investment managers and companies get the opportunity to go in and actually shape that at like the company level. So mm -hmm. could you talk to me a little bit more about what you're doing in engagement and what does that actually mean on, on the ground level? Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a great question. Um, I think if I look at there, there's a few avenues of engagement. Um, it's been a core piece of our investment management strategy for a long time. Um, I mean, going back to way before I was part of the team. Um, and it's so it can be um, we do look to we will engage on our own on particular issues. Um, and I, I sort of think of it, they can fall into two categories. Um, sometimes there can be a concern, like, you know, we do see something um, in a, you know, a company that we're not sort of like, okay, that's like that, uh, that's like raising, let's say, um, for instance, in like, you know, mining companies, um, having, you know, obviously heightened, you know, this actually mining is a, is a great example of one of those difficult areas of right. like, it's so necessary for the climate transition. Like we're not going, you know, we can't decarbonize without mining. Yeah. But mining can have a lot of negative impacts on people, planet. Uh, I mean, actually getting into governance as well can often be an issue, and especially like at some of the regions where um, you know mining is occurring. And um, so with so, for instance, we might have a, a mining company that we invest in. We might see that there's a conflict with local populations and that can be very complicated. That's a complicated. It isn't necessarily yeah. an automatic. We're going to. OK. Conflict, divest, that's not how, you know, we were, I mean, if, if it's a systemic issue and we don't right. think the company's managing it well over a long term, that is something where it may trigger divestment. But we would first, we have, like, we will engage with a company to learn about in more detail, like, what is actually going on with this specific group, you know, like, with this yeah. specific group, for instance. So that could be kind of more on the, if we see a particular issue. Um on the other side, though, it's not just about engaging on, you know, prob like problematic issues. For sure. It's, it's also about engaging, you know, proactive, in a sense, proactive engagement. Yeah. Um, where we look at, you know, sort of we often like, because actually, I mean, a big part of it is really it's about like companies. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's human nature. You compare yeah. yourself. Companies compare themselves to each other. All the time, you're always looking at like what's you know like what are they doing? They're doing that over there or that. So a lot of what honestly, a lot of our engagement is focused on leaders yeah. that we invest in and pushing them to do more. And and it's not and and more that in a way that is but like both beneficial for the company and us. I mean, we have a lot of you know company like for instance, a lot of the Canadian banks that we invest in and engage with. They often thank us for, you know, like bringing up issues that because we're really, you know, we're very like, you know, in a sense, narrowly focused on looking at, you know, sort of ESG risks yeah. that they face. And so we, you know, that is something where we can bring up those and really push the leaders to do better. Um, yeah. I will actually, may maybe I'll give, I'll actually give an example. Yeah. I love um, that. I love that. Um, 
um, of where it's actually, it's funny because it was actually a company we didn't, in, we don't invest in that in a sense, some of the work that we, along with other investors, um, yeah. and that's something that's another, uh, and we've been doing more engagement with other investors uh, in recent years as more investors enter the space. We think it's really important to collaborate and work like, things only happen when we all work together, right? Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, we're not the sole uh, person out on our own changing things. You know, <laughs> if you change things by partnering with others that have like-minded goals. But what I would say, um, a big piece of, uh, actually, sorry, the, going back to this example. Um, so uh, actually one of my, actually something that keeps me up at night <laughs> yeah. is antimicrobial resistance. Um, Anti I'll for antimicrobial resistance, okay. AMR basically better known as like superbugs. Okay. When like a bacteria stops responding to antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, there's also there's issues in antifungals and antivirals, etc. But antibiotics are one of the, the yeah. most concerning areas here. And um, this is so AMR is I mean, it's the silent pandemic that is basically, I mean, I, I, it'll make COVID look like nothing, <laughs> like right. in my, like maybe I'm being a bit traumatic here, but it, when you look, because honestly, we don't re, like, we rely very heavily on antibiotics for most medical procedures that okay. we, most medical, our entire medical system is basically right. built on the foundation of being able to treat infection. And so there's multiple issues, like multiple issues with antibiotics, but so basically at its core though, antibiotics the more you use antibiotics the more bacteria learn to resist them it's simple right. like at its core yeah and that that and so but i mean you do need to use them but you need to be careful you can't just it's evolution like bacteria will learn you know you use a certain antibiotic bacteria yeah. evolution selects for the bacteria exactly exactly and then the one that yeah. manages to stay through starts to replicate and all of a sudden you're like done <laughs> exactly uh, much like we're seeing with i guess if you want to go into like omnigron or whatever right now as a top sorry to date this um podcast but uh so this is an issue that we are like we're part of the investor action on amr initiative um and it's something that there's a we have a big focus on it um and we have for a few years now and so in the past we've engaged with one of the big avenues that antibiotics get into the environment and there's expect you get exposure to them is actually through agriculture. Okay. Um, in the U.S., about seventy percent of antibiotics are actually fed to animals, not people. Interesting. So, this is though like, and this is one of the high priority areas to see decreases, because right. a lot of the reason that they're being used in animal agriculture is for growth well they're technically not allowed to be used for growth promotion anymore but it's the same as for disease prevention and that's often okay. to enable operations to keep animals in more you know confined conditions right. with less sanitary you know it, and right, so right. you can use the antibiotics and it helps facilitate that interesting okay. um and so but there's a huge cost in the you know to the long run of all of us like in terms of yeah. we're helping create yeah and I, I you know i didn't even think about it from the animal perspective if 70 percent of the antibiotics are going there like the 
that sort of knockdown effect is massive, right? And yes, when it runs out, like that's yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of game over. It's yeah, it's it's a really it's a and it, yeah. I mean, there's a, I won't go into all of that. Yeah. Like this is a very complicated issue, and yeah. there's a lot of different. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I'd never heard the acronym AMR, AMR before. So this is the eye-opening discussion, actually. I actually like it's something I like to bring up a lot because it yeah. sort of it doesn't get the same attention as a lot of the other that are also big on like climate, biodiversity, huge issues. Really important for there to be attention on them. Yeah. But AMR is the other like big I see it as threatening as yeah. climate change and biodiversity. You're gonna find that ex extremely uh, interesting. Yeah. And so this is something where how you can actually see some of this best, you know, by pushing leaders to do better. Um, so that's, um, there's been a lot of campaigns to get retailers actually to commit to antibiotic free uh, supply chains, in particular um, animal products. One of the easier, not the, it gets a bit harder, like cattle and pigs can get a bit harder, but and yeah. poultry. Poultry is actually one of like the easier ones to like to actually make that switch. And so we've actually over a few years and along with other investors and other initiatives, um, we did, uh, you know, engaged with companies, for instance, Starbucks was a company we were engaging on this issue. Um, and they, you know, made commitments to phase out uh, antibi antibiotic use in their poultry supply chains. And yeah. so you can see that down like that, you know, by the, you know, they make that commitment, which yeah. then trickles down their supply chains right. to companies that often are sometimes a bit harder. We don't tend to invest in food producers. Yeah. And they often are a bit harder. They don't have the same consumer facing. Uh, of course. Concert like you know, on that yeah. concerns. If and you want to say like. I can see how it could be such a big ask from Starbucks to especially like when you talk about because you're really talking about like the production per square meter, square foot, right? And these things, and it's having a massive impact uh, just by that decision, right? Yeah, and so it's, I mean, that's, and I, I use Starbucks as one example. Yeah. There are a lot, lots of companies yeah. involved in this. But, so through this, you actually saw um, one, there was one food producer that was just particularly, I mean, they, I would see the stuff they would, like, we would never invest in them. <laughs> But like I would see the stuff they'd publish. I mean, they just I mean, it was just misinformation yeah. on like they're like, there's nothing wrong with antibiotics, da da da, they're great. It's all just like it's all um they're just people are trying take, to trick take, you take to like news. pay more <laughs> for like meat. Antibiotics are great, don't worry about it. Like yeah. they were really just and they were wedded to their position. But because of that pressure from retailers down. You actually saw their peers started to make commitments. Right. They were one of the last companies to come along. And they literally came out with a public statement saying that while we don't agree with getting rid of like you know, antibiotics <laughs> out of our poultry supply chains, granted, like they'd staked really a yeah. strong position um, as pro antibiotic <laughs> use. Um, but they literally came out with a statement saying, well, but there's no demand, so we will be getting antibiotics out of our poultry supply chains. Wow, that's so interesting. First of all, that's like a, just applauding you for being in that space to be able to make that sort of impact. And uh, I love that they were just <laughs> dragging on to, to the bitter end <laughs> all the way through. Yeah. I will but, say, I did not, 
I, I did not engage directly with that. Yeah, yeah, no, no but, but I mean, just uh, yeah, I don't mean you specifically. I followed, uh, yeah, just that whole that whole kind of space, like, and even the work that you're doing now in it, like, just to have that that effect. Mm -hmm. I feel like the theme that has come out of this is pushing the leaders to do better, and that's a mm -hmm. it's quite an interesting theme because I think that is where things have really changed in the last few years. Is it became how do I put this? There was a lot of roll in the eyes of ESG, I think, you know, two, three, four years ago, where there's a lot of things that were said, nothing being done. And as mm -hmm. things have got like much more mature, much more serious, it's it is that peer sort of mentality that's now pushing everyone to do better and it's becoming like table stakes for investability and and everything, mm -hmm. right? So no, that's really interesting. Like where where do you see where do you see this going next? Like from I guess I don't know where to focus that question, but it yeah. that focus on leaders you know, going forward, like, are you planning, like, what are some of the trends that you see in the space that are going to sort of impact the future of your engagement and the strategy you, that you might be looking at? Yeah, no, that's, no, it's a great question. Um, I think actually the next big thing that I, uh, it's, it's on a lot of people's radar, but I would say it's still pretty low on the radar, um, would actually be biodiversity. Um, yeah. and the uh, task force for nature related financial yeah. disclosures. I was going to ask you about the frameworks and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm curious to to hear your take on that. Yeah, I, so in terms of the actual, there isn't much yeah. out there right now in terms of you know, TNFD is yeah. in their initial stages getting things set up. I, I expect to see a lot more towards the end of this year and in 2023. Um, but I think that's going to be actually a big change so, because um, I mean, it, it's going to be that complement, and I think that very necessary complement to TCFD. Yeah. Because climate, like when we're looking at climate and reducing carbon emissions, really we're looking at protecting ecosystems. Yeah. And carbon definitely is a key piece. Having you know, getting car, you know, carbon emissions under control. Like we need to, we need to hit net zero by twenty fifty. Like there's no, yeah. you know, doubts about that. I mean, let's fancy. You know, we're a we have made a net zero uh, commitment, um, both on the investment management side and the credit union side, because it is so important. And that's yeah. where I want to emphasize, like, I, you know, climate is important, but you're not solving the whole, like, when I look at this, you're just not solving the whole issue if you're solely focused on carbon. Yeah. You really need to be looking at ecosystem health and trying, and that is, uh, it's, it's more difficult for sure yeah. because it's sort of looking at i mean you're you're not just looking at one i mean i know carbon I'm not and you, well you also can't but you can also just kind of buy your way out of it as well with some carbon offsets yeah <laughs> i was just listening to a podcast on that um, um yeah it came it was very uh questionable as to on either side like it could go i and that's where i'm also torn on that too like as to, i think there is like there is there's value but only if they're done right yeah um that's the and that's the hard question it is um yeah. but uh with but yeah so with i really think actually that's something that uh companies right now really need to be looking at biodiversity because every company impacts it in some way shape or form in their operations and it's it's there's a lot of momentum um yeah Towards, like for actually, I mean, like we have, uh, so we're actually members of the Finance for Biodiversity Foundation. You know, we've made uh, commitments under the Finance for Biodiversity Pledge. 
um, along with a, a number of other large asset managers. Yeah. Um, and so right now we're in those initial stages of like, what does this look like? How do you yeah. this, like we figured? Yeah, that's like, what I was going to ask you because you know I, I think TCD provided like a, a really effective and and simple framework for everyone to disclose both on a strategic front <laughs> and then you know to actually tangibly physically measure like yeah scope one two and three emissions etc cetera, etc cetera. so um do you have a sort of view or inclination of what this could start to look like for biodiversity like what kind of things are we is a company individually going to measure uh to yeah. sort of meet meet those commitments or for us to track things yeah so i i very early stages so what i'm very, saying yeah, yeah totally very, totally this uh, is just but, shot, shot yeah, in the dark we, we wouldn't quote <laughs> i know i always put stuff out and then i go and then it's like <laughs> yeah. okay and this is what they're going to be measuring uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, they might get an idea too so who knows <laughs> <laughs> no but i so like honestly i think some of the looking at the big picture some of the areas um i mean i think will be on the chemicals pesticides and some of that because that just has a huge mm. impact on like it I actually, I mean, I, I would turn to, and I think a lot of people have actually are now are a bit more aware of like PFAS, yeah. um, the chemical, basically your Teflon, your like nonstick, your waterproof clothing, which don't get me wrong, I'm a big outdoors person, love my yeah. <laughs> rain jacket. Um, but the, you know, sort of that some of these chemicals, they literally have been found everywhere in the world, yeah. remote islands, like that would have no direct exposure to it. And so I think yeah. that's actually going to, and so it will be, uh, I mean, it's always sort of starting with looking at like measuring, because that's yes. where often there aren't measurements of, right. you know, and disclosures of let's say how much pesticides are in a supply, you know, your particular commodity supply chain, yeah. um, or how, you know, what are the chemicals you're using? How, what is the hazard profile? What is, you know, is there a better substitution? Um, and that where I think though, but getting that baseline sets us up for where the prob problematic uh, focus points, but yeah. also, and so that's, I would say that being one side, um, but another big side too is on um, land, like land use, right. uh, deforestation, yeah. um, you know, protecting biodiversity hotspots, um, and so some of that will be more, yeah, like more on like land, use, how your operations end up right. impacting land use. Yeah, I could see like for like forestation, like, you know, the second, third growth of things and just measuring like mm -hmm. how you, yeah, recycle that land, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a lot of different things that can go into that. It's not an easy task to condense that into something that is also a simple enough framework to report on and measure, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, consistently. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big ask, but uh, no, it's some really interesting points. Yeah, no, it's a very, it's a, um, it, it, it's exciting. It's one of those, it's one of, it's a daunting task to be looking yeah. at it. That's why I'm glad there are, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people looking at it right now. Totally. totally. Uh, but yeah, no, it's something, it's one of those, it's daunting, but it's also really exciting because I think yeah. there's a really good opportunity here um to for the for the investment world to really help drive some of the like these yeah. areas i feel like for so long have been ignored like people go well it's fine we're do we donated here it's okay you yeah. know and that where like we're really starting to see well putting that value because honestly i look at like yeah. ecosystems they have value to us 100 
And as you know, like we're both like CFA charter holders, I come from the investment world before starting EEC analytics. And, you know, I think, again, the thing I've seen over the last couple of years is that all of a sudden, like the sustainability, the social, the ESG angle started to have the, I won't call it the stick, but the, again, like you said, the value has been put onto it, both from a pricing perspective in some aspects, but also from mm -hmm. a, a liquidity side of things, right? So you're not going to get the same level of investment uh, if you don't have, you know, X, Y, Z, right? They're going to be excluded mm -hmm. from funds. You're going to, especially in, a, in an age where like there is not, with ETFs and everything abound, it's less of competition for an individual asset as it is for you know the group of assets as a whole. So it's just it's just interesting where that all that money kind of drives in, and again, it's it sparks change, right? So it's a it's a good side of the table to be in, and I think uh, the stuff that you guys are doing is is really awesome. Yeah, no, thank I yeah, no, I'm I'm hoping that is something. I mean, it's what gets me up every day yeah. is to. You know, just to do the the little bit, like I know, yep. you know sort of as, as an individual and you know, as a firm, like there's only you know so much we can individually yep. do, but it's it's but it's about everyone exactly. taking the action that they can take. Like I always yep. say, if we want to get to whatever, and I I'm not on camera, so you can't see me using my hands, but it's like just for the, the audience, she's waving her side. hands, she's waving her hands really yes, high up, exactly, with a lot of emphasis. <laughs> but if like, you know, if we're over here, like all the way over on this side and we want to get all the way over to this side, yeah. you have to take all the steps in between yep. and you have to be taking, everyone needs to be, it's not about like one big savior, like, okay, we got one thing's come in, this is going to save the day. It's about everyone taking action yeah. and taking small steps and help like, you know, and playing their role. Absolutely. And, and then taking that, yeah. So that, that's doing, where doing your part, right? Mm -hmm. And every single person, if we all just kind of keep play our part as a firm, as small firm, startups, whatever, is that entire ecosystem that's going to make things happen. Um, this has been really great. Uh, all your comments have been amazing. And I've learned a lot of new things here today that I didn't think that we'd even be talking about. So um, I think it's a good place to, to end for the day and want to just pass on to you. So if people want to find you, uh, reach out to you if you want that, uh, where, where can they find you? Oh, um, that's a good, I guess on LinkedIn is probably the best uh, place. My apologies if I don't uh, reply super quick. I sometimes am not, uh, I'm not checking every day, but um, I'd say LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. Um, awesome. I'm trying to think through, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of Van City if there's anything there to directly, no, LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, <it's> LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks so much for coming on and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a true pleasure.